You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen free on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the needs have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained. Okay, so you know, it's been 40 years now, I think, and that song and that that jingle of Welcome Back Cotter still rings true today, doesn't it? <laughs> still applicable, Scott. Absolutely. Uh, it's still re- even in our own home here. Yes. You know what's bad is that it's now become like a, a I, last time I heard it was on a commercial for Applebee's, so it's sort of cheapened the whole thing about Welcome Back Cotter. But, uh, yeah. You know, for for you for those of you that didn't know, so we are the Three Angry Giant fans, and last week it was just two of us on Cardone and I. So uh, that welcome back, Cotter, is for welcome back, Giant Mike. Well, I'm glad to be back. First of all, um, I'm going to put all the rumors to rest. I was on a six day bender, and um, <laughs> so you know, I've heard I've heard some rumors that I wasn't feeling well. No, I felt great, uh, but I was just I was on one of those benders, and that's going to happen from time to time. Uh, you know, it, if you if you try to employ me on any sort of regular basis, <laughs> I was starting a rumor, Mike, that you were, um, you know, haggling with management over a new contract. <laughs> Similar, you know, the the equivalent of I'm holding out. Yeah, you know, you know it's giant Mike's right? just holding out. He's he's right. on, he's haggling, negotiating a new contract. <laughs> you know, he he came to me and he's like, you know, look, he's like. Ah, I don't really want to put the work in the preseason. I don't know half these guys that I'm talking about. You know, I, 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 I'm stepping aside for a couple of weeks. You know, you guys yeah. do the work. You know, it's it's really a poor preseason showing. I, I'd like to think I'm one of those veterans who it doesn't really matter for the preseason. You know, you just kind of mail it in a little bit. But uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was bad. And, and seriously, my uh, my apologies to to our 25 fans and you two that. Uh, <laughs> I totally blanked out and went to bed early. So that's well, Sam uh, Beal. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, just doing my own thing. Now I do have I listened to the podcast from last week, and I do have a list of things uh, that I'd like to rebut from last <laughs> week. We could, if we could get started uh, with those. Things. Let, let's let's listen to the rebuttal. Let let the uh, let the barrister have the floor. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take. Yeah. I have. The, I I need voice time. I didn't get. I got zero last week. So, first of all. Jared Lorenzen, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys on that one. That's all, I, that's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> Second, the Jets I don't remember that have, comment, but yeah, yeah proceed. <laughs> the Jets do have uh, cheerleaders, and they're called oh. the New York Jet Flight Crew. And uh, <laughs> sadly, I knew this. Like, I didn't have to go look it up when I listened to the podcast. I was like, listen to you guys. I'm like, the flight crew. But anyway. Uh, most underrated comment. I don't even know if Scott heard it when Cardone threw it out. I thought it was funny when you were talking about 
the uh, Sneed with the V after his name. And Cardone said, "What's that I mean? He's vaccinated." I, I don't know if that. <laughs> Actually, I, I caught that I, on the second listening. But it's David that Sills, was, by the way, not was, Sneed. Uh, all was, all ad lib, by the way. These are not premeditated. You know, awesome. script. It's none, none of this is scripted for our listeners out there. This is how good and quick we are, and razor sharp wit that we bring to the three angry giant fans here. We're not just angry. We're actually pretty, you know, witty yeah. as well. We we can we try. We try. The other the, the saddest thing that when I listen to it, I'm like, I can't believe I'm not there, is you guy, you two beer snobs stealing the floor and <laughs> and just I, I'm I wrote down beer snobs on my notes here before you guys called yourselves beer snobs. So I'm glad that you uh, are self admitting that. I enjoy a good Miller Light with <laughs> with the rest of them. With the rest of the eighty million 800 million people who drink it the unsophisticated americans that's right the uh the degenerates the deplorables drink the miller light the deplorables uh, the, and you guys at least you got here by yourselves i wrote it down earlier in the podcast and you got there by yourselves later we can't do can we not get someone on the show who could do an accent any sort of accident other than yeah. drunk or, i mean is that I mean, really, we, we got to work on that. We got to work on that game. And then uh, you guys closed it out by by calling me a mutter. I am a mutter. <laughs> I am a mutter. I, so I, yeah, I am a mutter. Th- those are my seven things from uh, from the podcast last week, which, by the way, guys, incredible job. Great job. I loved it. Right on. Yeah. It is the little things you find, though. I, I, I remember one point I had called uh, Ojolari our first round pick when he is, of course, our second round pick. So I you go it. back, you listen, and you, and you, you pick up mistakes, you know. Because <laughs> like Chris said, we, we, don't, we don't script this. This is all off the top of our right. noggins. Right off the Unscripted. We actually so, make a living in other ways than this, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were Not just talking. Long. Before we came out of the pod, we're looking for sponsorships, you know, right. so uh, we, we don't, we don't make money off of this. Uh, so uh, go to, go to your local uh, DD Peckers and get the order of hot fajita wings. Oh, hot fajita. You know, uh, being ding, the, ding, uh, yeah. be, you know, having a podcast that's like, uh, like four years ago, that was a thing. Now, now everybody does. So, you know, it's like, we're just, we're catching on as usual at the end of a trend. <laughs> Yeah, at least we're we're not using a rotary phone, you know. <laughs> you can speak for yourself. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, the, the game on on Sunday. Uh, that's another mistake I made. I said the game was going to be one p.m. Saturday. It was one p.m. Sunday. Uh, the Giants lost, but of course they sat most of the starters. And uh, one thing Chris and I were talking about when we did the pod last week, we thought most of the starters would play at least a, a quarter or or a couple series, and. It seemed that they had such a good spirited week of practice against the Browns that uh, Judge decided to uh, have them sit for the rest of uh, of that weekend. Um, he's saying, "Come out for the New England game." Said they're going to play a half, uh, so we'll see if they get a half or maybe the spirited workouts with the Patriots change their minds. So, uh, your thoughts on the game? I, I thought I, here I'll give you my. I'll just run down mine quick. I thought Glennon looked decent. Um, you know, from week to week. I mean, last week Booker looked like he was running in mud. This week he looked really quick. Uh, Sills the fifth, Quint. Uh, he played well. He pulled in a TD, and uh, you know the guy. I, I, you know, I'm pulling for him because he's he just seems to have that high motor and he's all over the place. Is Carter Coughlin? He he just seemed to be everywhere. And actually, Lewerke, the uh, the third string quarterback, he he looked all right. 
high notes for you guys, Chris? Yeah, a couple of the same ones, Scott, I, as I was looking at some of my notes. But um, to your point, I was settling in on a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. It kind of it almost felt like early September, almost, you know, like that one o'clock slot on a Sunday. You know, a game was on NFL Network. There was I was watching a pregame and everything settling into a couple uh, craft beers there, Mike, not, not, not Miller light there. Uh, and as we're, as the game's beginning or, you know, pregame come to find out that I'm not getting Bette Midler in Rochelle, Rochelle, I'm getting the understudy. So that's, that was the equivalent of seeing Mike Glennon, you know, take the, take the field other than our, our starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. So right off the bat, I was a little disappointed in not getting at least one series or maybe even a quarter from Jones. They they did mention it, of course, during the pregame that he had, they felt, Judge and the rest of the coaching staff felt that he got enough good reps and workout in some live practices, you know, with Cleveland during the week. So they obviously felt good enough about that. We'll get to see him for a half this weekend against uh, New England. But you pointed out a couple, I, I had the same uh, on offense. Sills looked pretty good. I think he had three catches for, for 50 yards or something like that. He looked I think he's, you know, I think he's still fourth on the depth chart, but he's moving up out that chart. If you guys would agree, I, I certainly think he's yep. um, no question. He's, he's going to be making the team. And then, um, yes, Devontae Booker, I thought, uh, you know, even though it was what a, a one yard, you know, touchdown. But I think just his explosion at the goal line there is something that is uh, w- was exciting to see. And, and he had a few other good carries. I think he was averaging about six yards a pop. So even even that from, you know, when you look at last year, I mean, if we can get four or five yards, a carry a six yards, that's that's what we're looking for, you know, on offense. So I think Booker looks good. And defensively, yeah, same thing. Carter Coughlin uh, made a couple nice plays. And then our our outside linebacker. How do we say this guy's name? Uh, O'Shawn Zimenez. 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 We'll just go with X. How about that? We'll go with OX for his initials. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Made a couple good plays. I had, uh, you know, I, I jotted that down and noticed that, um, you know, he he was um, kind of buzzing around in, in the um, in the defensive uh, backfield there. So, other than that, um, just looking forward to this, uh, you know, the last, the final preseason game before we uh, we teed up for real. So, um, excited about uh, this last preseason game. And you know, this year <clears throat> we have a week break between the last preseason game and the regular season too. It's not it's not the following Sunday. So, Mike, thought good thoughts on the on the preseason game? Yeah, you know, preseason's preseason, right? The the player who jumped off the screen at me, and and maybe this is because I'm a little paranoid about Barkley, though. But I agree with both of you guys. Is Booker? Um, you know, Scott mentioned he didn't have the best showing against the Jets. He only had three carries in that game, but um, you know, he's he's like at 40 yards in the in the post in the preseason, not postseason, uh, 30 yards, uh, two games in the preseason on like eight or nine carries. Uh, you know, that's over four a pop for the whole, for the whole deal. Um, that makes me feel good about the running back position that, you know, I was, I didn't think we <laughs> letting go of Gallman was the best idea, but th- this guy is just another Wayne Gallman plug in. Um, yeah. Sills or stills. What's his name? Is it Sills? Sills. Sills. David Sills. The yeah. fifth. I, I mean, I think you guys are right. I, I think he's getting close to being a lock on the roster. I mean, it's not quite the the Victor Cruz preseason before he blew up, but um, you know, he's he's getting there. It's you know, uh he's just a guy who's done everything to from what we can see, you know, not being at all the practices and everything, he's done everything the coaches asked. He seems to be that Scott mentioned all over the place. Um, you know, and that's really especially for us right now when our our starters on either side of the ball haven't played much of a game. 
this preseason is about finding guys who can step up when it's when someone else gets injured. It's about, you know, finding guys who are going to be the, the fourth and fifth receivers. And and, um, you know, I, I'm I'm impressed with with what I've seen from those types of guys. The games themselves. Not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we did have a little bit of bad news. Um, two guys who actually played well in that game. Safety Quincy Wilson who had a, an interception in the end zone and, and then tried to bring it out and a tight end Ryzen John, who uh, was actually went to a school in Canada and then played division two teams in the United States. Um, they both hurt their ankles and they went on IR, which means because they went on IR before the season starts, they're, they're out, they're out. Um, Devonte downs. I thought looked bad. Madre Harper, the cornerback looked terrible, and we finally got to see Sam Beal on the on the field. And I almost wish he wasn't on the field. He made it a pathetic effort one time, where it's funny. He he jumped up, and it looked like he was going to intercept the ball, but for somehow he like matrix jumped backwards. The receiver came in front of him, and it almost yeah. looked like he stole an interception from Beal instead of actually getting the reception himself. And yeah. uh, you know, and the worst thing about that play is that happened while we had wide receiver Matt Cole playing defensive back on the other side. So the quarterback said, Hey, there's a wide receiver there, but I'm still going to go after Sam Beal. Uh, that's, so. that's pretty damning. Yeah. That's a good point you made. Scott. that, that play did look like an interception. The way it, the way it played out with the receiver kind of going up and getting the ball in front of the defender, it totally looked like an interception. I swear these these defensive backs, they don't even know how to defend passes half the time, these guys. They don't know the ball's in the air. They don't know what to do. Should I go grab the guy? Should I tackle the guy in midair? Should I try to intercept the ball? Should I try to knock it down? They almost, it's almost like they look they look clueless when the ball is about to like uh, impact the, the play. They have no yeah. idea what they want to do. Yeah. That was one of the more bizarre like scenes I've seen, though, where the defensive back almost looks like he jumps away from where the ball's coming. You know, they always tell you, go towards the ball, go towards the ball. No, yeah. no he, he decided to go away from the ball. A fade away on this interception. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on the uh, negatives, Mike? Well, I mean, it's it's all negative, right? I mean, we don't have our starters out there. It's The positives, I think, were blips, um, blips on the radar. To me, I mean... You know, the the quarterback play's been pretty poor. Uh, Glennon, I, I guess, was all right for a while. And uh, who's the backup? He he the actually worky. made some nice the throws. Worky, yeah. worky, yeah. But, um, yeah, to me, I, I don't know. I'm watching these games. Like Chris said, I, I don't feel like I'm watching the Giants. I, it's it, it's it looks it's a comedy of errors to me. Just kind of try to watch yeah. these games play out. I don't know if it means anything, guys. But, again, I, I, I like to look at the – the total team box score after the games, just to see, you know, kind of where are we in, in, in the game, you know, and it's, and I look at a few of the major stats and, and it's not always indicative of a win or a loss or how well they played, you know, looking at the numbers. So it is misleading, but for God's sakes, can we at least be on the upper hand when it comes to, I'm looking at the stats here. We didn't, you know, we got, so Cleveland won in all these categories or had the, had the greater number first downs, total plays, total yards, uh, yards per play, time of possession. Giants were, they lost out on every one of those stats. And it seems like every time I look at the box score, you know, Cleveland's playing their backups too. So doesn't it, can't the Giants outgain someone or yeah. outpossess somebody just by fucking accident? You know, just, <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> you know, can't Cleveland come out there and be like, oh man, like 
Cleveland, aren't they doing the same thing? Like, man, we didn't have our starters starters in there, and and you know, we just it was uh, we're just trying to get uh, you know through the preseason without injuries. So you know, now the the Giants consistently are outplayed at least in the statistical box score. Which yeah, it's a that's it's, a fair point. And don't get me wrong, I, I wasn't just drilling on the Giants when I was saying that. I, just all preseason with with the coaches deciding to bench starters. I don't even know what we're really looking at. Yeah, um, I mean, there's very. To me, there's very few positives to take away. Not that there's a, a bunch of negatives either, or that I think this is somehow indicative of what's going to happen in the season. I don't think that at all. I just don't know what I'm taking away from these games when I watch them. Your, yeah, your point yeah. is excellent, too. I mean, we it, we got crushed in all those categories, even worse by the Jets. So, um, yeah. You know what it is? Watch, it's, it's the equivalent of drinking like, a, you know, like when you leave out a soda or a beer overnight and it's completely flat. It's like, yeah. I don't know how. Like there's, there's no taste. There's no body to it. There's no nothing. There's nothing there. It's there's like, nothing if you, to take, watch. You, take a, you know, you wake up hangover, you got cotton mouth. You just grab the first thing. And it's like, Oh God, it's just, it's a beer. It's a, it's a Miller light, which they're bad to begin with when you <laughs> yeah. open the fresh one, but you then left, leave one on your nightstand for, but that's, <laughs> but so well, you got an open Miller light on your nightstand when you wake up. What the hell? He's hydrating. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the one that you you know you quite you know you you, you have all, every intention of drinking it at at you know two forty two in the morning and then like you forget you you forgot you opened it you never make even a sip you know then it's it's there left overnight so that's the first thing you grab in the morning and that's how it is like watching these preseason games if someone were to ask me on the walking down the street hey man how do you feel about your Giants I'm like I don't know I I, I have no idea do I feel good do I feel like terrible I it's completely there's it's a it's a flat Miller Light right now is what is my answer to that question. Well, you know, if, yeah. if you do the math, so we have 22 starters and I think in the two games we we've seen, you know, maybe s- five, six of them play. So if you do the math there, there's three quarters or more of the, t- of the starting team we've not seen play. So the guys we're watching just by virtue of the numbers where you have to get down to 53, we're watching the majority of players that we're not going to see ever again with the giant uniform on, you know, and it's, and those are the guys that we're basing a lot of the evaluations on. So I, you know, I, I'm with you, Chris, you know, if someone asks me, how are the giants going to do this year based on preseason? I have no idea. I mean, we don't know what we have. We don't know what we'll have until I think week one. And even then, if there are certain players that are hurt, we might not know. Yeah. It's like, you know, you look at these games and, and again, you don't even know really about the guys they're playing against because we don't know much about Cleveland starters, not to mention these guys. So, you know, we don't know. All I know is if someone looks really bad out there right now, they probably shouldn't be on the team. That's, that's what I can tell <laughs> right. you as far as negative, because it's, the, yeah, I don't know. You, if you can't look decent with who's out up there on the field with you and against you, you probably shouldn't be on the team. It's the same reaction when Mr. Hand asked Jeff Spicoli if he was going to pass history. Like, gee, Mr. Hand, am I going to pass this class? Gee, Mr. Spicoli, I don't know. <laughs> Are the Giants going to have a winning season? Gee, uh, Mr. Guy on the Street, I don't know. I have no idea. I'll tell you what, if you ask Joe Judge that, if he's walking down the street, I think he'd say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Not based on anything we've seen in previous Coach, we got a winning team this year? You know, I don't know. 
You know, now that you brought up Spicoli, that brought me back to one of the things I was thinking about last week when we were waiting for Giant Mike to get on the pod. Is I, I thought it was like you and me at a restaurant, and we left our wallets, we're waiting for Damone to show up, and yeah. Damone just leaves us hanging. He never shows up, so we got we got 62 sodas on the table, waiting for him to show up. <laughs> Wallet's gone. Guy never guy never makes it. We gotta we gotta do dishes for the next two weeks. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Damone was busy watching cartoons, but he made the trip anyway know, to save his buddy Rat. Mark Rat. I don't know, Rat. I'm really busy. I don't know. I'm really kind of busy, Rat. <laughs> ah, great movie. <laughs> so we we did have a couple of roster moves. So you know the Giants had to get down five players. Uh, by Tuesday, four o'clock this week. Um, so I already talked about the moves with Quincy Wilson and, and Ryzen and John being put on IR. Safety Montre Hardage and tight end Cole Hicatini were waived. So uh, no jersey for Cardone for the Hicatini we, we talked about last Damn. week. And then the final move was long snapper Carson Tinker was cut. So I, I got to be honest with you, I didn't even know Hardage and Tinker were on the team. Um, you know, Cole Hicatini, I think we mentioned in the, in the off season, and then we mentioned him last week. So he got a little bit of air time, but, uh, the other two guys, I don't think I've mentioned a word about. No, never heard of them. No, <laughs> didn't know the wrong team. So back, I don't know. Backup long snappers really got to be a tough job to try and win. <laughs> Did he carry two long snappers? <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean. Duncan, so it's, it's not a rel- relative of Trey Junkin, is it? Oh God! His nephew or uh, son or something. That, yeah, we- that's what happens when you have a backup long snapper. You end up with Trey Junkin because he's the only you know he's sitting on his couch. Hey Trey, uh, you snapped for uh, several years. Yeah, I'll come out. I'll try it. Like the best long snapper in the history of the league. Why don't we bring you in to have a bad snap at a critical moment in a playoff game? How about that? <laughs> that scenario couldn't have played itself at worst, any worse. You know what I mean? The, the game came down basically to a snap, hold, and a kick after blowing a 27-point lead or whatever the hell we had, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the uh, line judge who blows the call at the end ends up getting promoted to head referee next year. That's that's always absolutely. good to see, too. Absolutely. Is he the one that wrote the apology letter to the organization, Scott, or was that, did that come from the front office? I don't remember. <laughs> I think that exactly. came from the front office. Oh, good. Okay. Just, just making sure. <laughs> Next time As I a, go to the stadium, I'll, I'll look for it in the trophy case and see if uh, who signed it. He was the one that was already back in the end zone when the play ended and ran right to the to the tunnel. He never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a season ticket holder, a legendary Giant fan, and now a member of the Three Angry Giant fans, I didn't get a copy of that letter. Why didn't they send a personal one to every single Giant fan in the land? Right? Did you guys receive a copy? I, I certainly I didn't. Where's I my did. copy? I'm still waiting for it. I did. I was Nor, convinced a week later they're yeah. they're going to give the Giants a win. So Scott Scott got one, but didn't open it because he was convinced the game wasn't over yet. Yeah, Scott was so drunk or delirious or shell shocked that he thought that game was going to be like they were going to. Oh, it was like, post traumatic stress. I was it, like, well, that, totally. I was <laughs> yeah. Pine, a pine tar game. Come on. It was going to be a pine tar game. <laughs> they were going to, he thought they were going to bring the team back, the teams back out on the field, like the, that Monday or something. The, the next day, <laughs> it wasn't even like they were going to go get him from the locker room. They were going to call everyone back to the stadium. I'm like, Scott, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? No, no, Chris, they're going to really, they're going to have to redo the whole game. <laughs> yeah. He was, I'm like, dude, someone, you better, someone call an ambulance. <laughs> 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 he opened so, the game. That could have been. That could have been bad. 
<laughs> if it was like two weeks later and he was saying it, we would have had to check him in. <laughs> oh. So, uh, you know, we went to Cleveland last week. Uh, this week, we're uh, already up in New England. So we, we had a practice with New, Eng- New England today. Uh, unfortunately, one of the reports coming out of today's practice was that Dory Jackson sprained an ankle. They don't necessarily know how bad it is, but uh, he had to be carted off. But then it, it sounded like from some tweets afterwards that it wasn't as bad as, as initially thought. So we'll have to see. Um, they're facing Mac Jones, and, and this is funny. Mac Jones is getting just rave reviews because he's going like 35 for 40 the last two weeks against uh, defenses. Um, so they're making him out to be the next coming. Cam, of course, isn't practicing because he's in COVID protocol. So uh, he may be showing up Friday. I'm not positive or tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, Mac, it's Mac Jones's reigns uh, right now. And I, I would be surprised if Mac Jones isn't going to get a lot of playing time this this season. I think I think he will be. So, like I said before, the, the starters uh, Sunday are supposed to be on slate to play a half. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but if it does happen, we should at least get to see how we stack up one versus ones against against new England. And then, you know, we'll talk about Denver here in a minute, but, uh, thoughts on practice this week and the, and the games, Chris. Yeah, I did hear about, uh, Dory Jackson's injury and, and it does concern me though, Scott, because, uh, even with the tweets and some other reactions, it didn't seem that serious, but you never know, right. With these ankles, it's sort of like a hamstring. I, that, that one definitely, definitely concerns me. Um, and, and maybe it was a precaution that they carted him off rather than, you know, him going off on his own power. But, it, you know, is it the dreaded high ankle sprain or is it, you know, that's, that's one where just it's, uh, let's keep that one in the back of our minds because, you know, with, with week one, you know, a couple weeks out, you just want to be at full strength, obviously, <clears throat> you know, and injuries are part of the game. We talk about this all the time. Everybody knows that, but that's, that's one where um, it's, it's It could be a concern. Good news though. They saw they did activate uh, Kyle Rudolph from the yep. pup list. So he's now back, which, you know, gives another target and gives another weapon, uh, you know, in our offense. So, yeah, I think this week, Scott, again, it, it to your point, you know, it's one half at least, we think, of uh, starters, one, ones versus ones. So let's see some crisp football. Let's see the offense. I just want to see at least a nice touchdown drive so, or even something that result in points where we look, you know, where we have good balance running, throwing the ball. And our offense is moving down the field, matriculating down the field. Can we get one of those drives where, you know, we, we put together some a nice balance there and, and Jones is in command of this offense and the offensive line shows some sparks there. That's all I'm looking for. Preseason again, we, we can talk about it all night, but it's it, it, you just don't know what to expect. Um, but all, all I'm looking for is some crisp fo- football and no injuries, of course. That's Mike? the wish list. Yeah, the the ankle thing on a Dory Jackson is, you know, that's the ankle is an injury that either goes immediately away, right? Like the guy's fine and you never hear it about again the rest of the year, or it just seems to keep coming back up over and over and over. Um, so, you know, we're going to cross our fingers and, and hope that that's the ladder on that. Um, yeah, what I'm what I'm kind of looking for in, in this game is, a, uh, of course, a lot of what Chris said. Um, I'd like to see us, you know, one of our big problems last year was being in third and seven every game. Right. So, uh, even if we can't manage to put a drive together, let's get some yards on first down. Let's look at a couple third and threes. Love to see, you know, a nice sustained drive with a couple of third down pickups, 
uh, from the starters, apparently against the, the, the Patriots starters. Um, <clears throat> this is a game that's, you know, everyone, you know, all the fans, Twitter, websites, all the news media and sports have been, you know, tearing apart every game. And, and, you know, how did the Browns win this game? And, you know, going back and forth, this is actually the game that the first half may mean something, might be able to draw something away from the first half. Um, I remember last year, the offense just didn't look really good in preseason. And we kind of wondered uh, the same thing going into the year. And then it, it totally started the year like that. Uh, the, the starting offense uh, didn't look much different from preseason. So uh, this, this should be a big deal. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world if they don't look great. Um, you know, I'll, I'll wait till Denver to, to make that judgment. But um, yeah, I, I just, you just want to see some consistency. I, you, you know, these last two games have started when they've started, it's been a, a shit show. So l- let's just get out there and, and get the starters out there a little bit, look like a football team. And, uh, you know, love, love to get some points, but uh, I think Scott even mentioned this last week when we thought the starters might play points aren't really as important as just keeping the ball a little bit, driving the ball. Let's see some third and shorts. Uh, you know, it's just, just stuff like that. Yep. Too early to predict any surprise cuts. I was thinking about that this week, Scott. I didn't really have, not yet. I don't really... No one stands out really in, in my on, on my sheet. Um, I know we've, we've talked about this already in the last couple of weeks in terms of, you know, someone that's going to make the team that you didn't expect and then vice versa. Right. Somebody that like, oh, they're they're definitely on the team and, and are going to be cut. I, I don't know. I was I was looking at it and it, nobody stood out. I mean, I don't know if you guys gave it some thought or I didn't really have anybody that was really um, that I had highlighted, to be honest. Well, you know, I keep I keep going back to John Ross, but. At the end of the day, if I keep saying that, is it really a surprise cut? If I'm sort of expecting that he's going to get <laughs> yeah, cut, exactly, surprise us anymore, it's, right? Yeah, you know. But you have you have Sills who's who's come on. You've see, had CJ Board playing pretty well, and and you still have a guy Dante Pettis who's who's not terrible. I mean, he's he's made some plays in, in this league. So uh, to me, John Ross just has to get on the field. So whether he can get on the field or not will probably go a long way to determine. And if they feel he could play, maybe he makes a team. If they don't feel he's going to contribute or play right away, he might get cut. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I'm I'm having a tough time like coming up with a starter from last year that's going to get get cut. You know, I mean, you you, you look around, I you know maybe at a defensive end or maybe maybe like a BJ Hill defensive tackle. I but I don't know. You know, I, I, I it's tough. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it. it you could throw a name out there that would be a surprise cut, right? Saquon Barkley, <laughs> stunning, stunning cut. But uh, I don't know. Did, is Devontae down still with the team? Did he get cut after Cleveland? He he did not. But I have a feeling he stayed on just because they were a little light at linebacker and they needed yeah. bodies for this week. I, I, I don't, I don't think, think he'll make surprise. the team. Yeah, he's been on the roster what two three years now. So I mean, that's a that's a guy who's been around. Who, but I still I don't think that's a surprise. Um, no just a kind of this a guy who's we've seen a little bit. Now, one guy they've been chatting up is the uh, field goal kicker Santosa. Um, now I don't think he's there. He's going to be able to supplant Gano. And if you look at Santosa's background, I mean, I think he cooked at the university of Minnesota. Um, and then he went up to the CFL for a while. He's never actually performed, you know, field goal kicking in, in, in the pros. I mean, he, he I think he was a dual 
place kicker punter. punter but here's yeah. a you know if you if you look back at some of the some of the decisions we've made in the past with Pat you know place kickers we let uh, Matt Stover go we let Alindo Mare go uh, we let. Uh, uh, McMahon or uh, what's the guy uh, Brandon McManus, Brandon McManus go, mm-hmm. you know, so, so our, our track history has been, even if we have an incumbent who's good, you know, the young guy ends up going and, and tearing it up elsewhere. <laughs> I thought you speaking of the kicking game, I don't, you know, like nobody really looks at the, the punter too often, but I gotta be honest. Like I am never that jazzed about Riley Dixon. I, it just seems like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, for some reason, you know, nowadays, I don't even know what the average NFL punt is. It seems like everybody's punting the ball at least 50 yards. Yet when I watch Dixon, there's – and maybe in the Cleveland game, I, there was a, a number of punts. I made a mental note where – and maybe the 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 the, um, the, the receiver, the, the, the back – the deep guy was way too far back because he came running up a number of times to field a punt, which he didn't field. They, they, the ball was bouncing in front of him. And I'm always like yeah, – looking at Dixon, I'm like, how far is this guy punting the ball? Is he even making 45 yards? Which is, that's absolutely like, that's a C student in, in the NFL these days. You know, it's a 45 oh, yeah. yarder used to be, you know, pretty good. Now you gotta be punting the ball 50 yards. Riley Dixon to me, I don't know. It, it's, there's gotta be punters out there that, um, again, it's not the most critical position, obviously on an NFL roster, but, um, we all remember coffin corner Feagles, right? What a deadly weapon he was. And I'm just picking him in, you know, out of the hat. But I'm just never impressed with Riley Dixon. If I'm going to bash on someone this week in the preseason, why not fucking bash on the punter? <laughs> Let's go get the punter. Let's go I, get the I punter. Am, I am surprised they didn't bring anyone in uh, this year. He's been an underwhelming punter. Um, he he doesn't seem to have much inside the twenty love. Of course, you know, with our offense last year, he was usually punting from, <laughs> you know, the other twenty five. So. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. He's, he's underwhelming. I don't know. I, that's, a, might be a good surprise cut, right? Bring in a, bring in a punter that someone else cut. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, who's the guy for the Rams? Johnny Fecker. There's rumors. He might get cut. If, if he gets cut, I'll, I'll take Fecker in a minute. You know? Yeah. Guys can punt till they're 40. Feagles did. Yeah. Feagles was a weapon right up until the day he left. It was. <laughs> In fact, he had some of his best years, uh, you know, like in, in the last couple of years of his career. God was awesome. Yep. Do we make any, uh, do we have any discussion today on the Denver Bronco game or do we wait until uh, next week? I, I did see that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback. So uh, I, I actually like that. I think, I think Locke has the ability to beat a defense deep. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be dinking and dunking all day. And I don't know how good that'll work out for him. I was now thrilled I, when I saw that. I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. The, all I was going to say is that, you know, I don't know much uh, talking about the game right now, but uh, I would agree with you guys near the end of the podcast last week. You were like, we should beat Denver at home, right? I, I was listening to the podcast, nodding my head, like, yeah, I'm right with you guys on that. This is a game, if we are even three quarters of what we think we are, that we should win this game. Who's Denver? Big deal. Well, flip the script. If. I always look at it. If, if the Giants were playing at Denver week one, would we be sitting here thinking like, oh, I feel pretty confident the Giants are going to go out there and, and win that game. So why should Denver, if I'm a Denver fan, why should I be so confident about them coming into MetLife Stadium on week one, an unfamiliar you know, opponent stadium the whole, coming east? I wouldn't be too too confident if I was a, a Bronco yeah. fan for that yeah. game. But yes, yes I, I did make a note of that too, Scott. Today, I saw that Bridgewater 
and it, it could change, right? We, you never know, but it typically doesn't for week one that Teddy Bridgewater is going to get to start week one. I was thrilled when I saw that because I, I think, to your point, Locke, I think is has is a sneaky, you know, kind of quarterback that can make some plays that I don't know that Bridgewater has the capability. So he's an yeah, he's a dink and dunk underneath kind of guy. You know, pull it down on third down. We'll try to run for some yards, which I you know the I think I'm not. I think we as soon as I heard that I'm like, wow, we got it. We're not going to lose to Teddy Bridgewater, are we? I mean, we could, but are you know I I I don't think we will. I think we'll beat him. I think we'll win that game. Yeah, I, I'm not even quarterback in that game doesn't concern me at all. I as a matter of fact, Drew Locke might have a rougher day thrown into our secondary than Teddy Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater checking it down all day. But I'll take either one. Yeah, I think I think the, the the key to that game is going to be how our offense handles Denver's defense, and yeah. can our offensive line sustain it? And and if they can, I think we'll I think we'll win that game because I think Denver's strength is on defense, but they yeah. have you know people talk about their defense as if it's elite, but they have a lot of question marks. Von Miller's coming off of a bad injury; he's coming back. Bradley Chubb was banged up. You know, you, you, you drafted a rookie, Patrick Sertain, but he's a rookie. You know, rookie cornerbacks don't light it up in this league very often. So, yeah, you have to take all of that improvement with a grain of salt. And you figure they're going to have a, a couple of weeks of learning time to get better. You know, even even if you look back at, at some of our defenses, the way they started out the first couple of weeks, even when we were good, they played poorly. Yeah. And you build on that. Yeah. Any pet peeves this week? Yeah, I have a pet peeve. <laughs> I sure do. So you guys, you guys made fun of me last week. <laughs> My pet peeve is you two. Festivus in September, August, whatever it is. No, my my pet peeve, and, and we kind of talked about it at the last podcast I was on, and you guys even mentioned it last week. Is is the preseason? But I'm, I'm gonna. I got a specific part of the preseason uh, that I have a pet peeve about this week. Let Let me read you a headline. Uh, while I was kind of looking into the the Giants and uh, and Browns this week, so the headline says, "Bear uh, Browns use defense and uh, uh, and running game to outlast Giants in preseason game." <laughs> I mean, that's a headline for a regular season game, right? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? And then you you read through the article. It's like how the Browns won. And it's like breaking down all this, you know, the secondary bullshit. The Browns won because the Giants suck and the Browns suck less. It's (laughs) neither neither team was really that team. It does. It's so there's there's I guess it's I guess it's not a bad thing. There's such an appetite for football that they can get away with that. And they're, they're just so want to write about football, but this isn't football. What we're watching is not NFL football at, on any level. And to pretend it is to, <laughs> to get clicks is outrageous. Browns outlast giants. That sounds yeah. like the game went into double overtime yeah. with like a five degree wind chill in like a, a playoff game, because obviously that's the only kind of game that can go to double overtime, right? I, again, I have to, I'll check with Donovan McNabb on the overtime rules, as you know him being the expert. But out, outlasted the Giants, yeah, out, as if it outlast. was a, a grueling, you know, yeah. A, yeah. just all kinds of you know elements, weather elements, and and yeah. you know a harsh environment that they yeah. had to outlast and each key other. Players to were win getting the game. injured on every play, and everyone's sucking wind, and you know it's just a a grueling 
death match between two great teams. <laughs> I'm picturing Kellen Winslow coming off of uh, yeah, the yeah. field in Miami, the yeah. epic that 81 playoff game, and you know Chargers at the Dolphins. You know, with Kellen Winslow, that classic NFL films footage. You know, where he's hanging on his two teammates. It's you know that was that was Sunday's game. You know, I guess with you know uh, Giants at Browns. August, whatever week uh, preseason, 2021. What a joke. Uh, I mean, it, it's comical, right? So they, they have a turning point in here. Uh, the turning point might be when the, when the ninth string came in. How about that? Is that, is that a turning point? <laughs> I mean, play of the game after giving up the touchdowns, the Browns defense thwarted the giants attempt to take the lead on a two point conversion. What? They tried a two point <laughs> conversion because they didn't want the game to go to fucking overtime. You idiot. I, I mean, look, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, and the funniest thing about that is coaches do not want the tie anymore, but they eliminated overtime in preseason going into this season. No, so so it was a rule yet. change. So, so why did the Giants go for two then? I'm pissed about that now. Because they don't, they don't give a shit. No one gives a shit about preseason. That that's, yeah. that's a big irony here. And, 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 and part of it, Mike, you, you almost said it. It's good. Part of it's the NFL hype machine. Yeah. They're getting people pumped up for preseason well, the coaches and players are sitting back going, I don't give a shit about the preseason. And yeah. and they fool, they fooled fans, especially like fringe fans into thinking preseason is worthy of watching and, well, yeah, and commenting about, you know, like, it, hey, we can make roster decisions on this. There was a, a tweet this week, right along the same lines. There's a tweet this week. There's a, a guy follows a good Giants uh, tweeter and he said something about Judge. Like we have at least we know we have the right coach in place or something. And this guy tweets back. Judge is going to have to win a preseason game before. Uh, what the hell? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's annoying as hell, man. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> I, I got a small pet peeve and it like just, you know, on uh, in, in defenses these days. It's it could be it doesn't matter what the down and or it's it's third down regardless of the distance. And the defense makes a tackle, you know, right at the first down marker, right? Or it's any fourth down. And 10 of the 11 guys, uh, 10 of the 11 defenders pop up with the fourth down signal, you know, as if to identify to the entire universe that it's fourth down. Meanwhile, oh, no, two things. One, this is the 2021 NFL where they just first down. They don't measure anything. So, like, if it's close, they're given that fucking first down. I saw two instances this weekend. I think one of them, I think, was in the um, the Panther Raven game. At one point, it doesn't even matter what what was going on. But I see a, a, a bunch of defenders come up with the fourth down signal on what I was watching live. I'm like, nah, I pretty much. I think that was a first down. The guy dove forward at least was like half, at least a foot the length of the football past the first down. Sure enough, the ref, the official, didn't even hesitate. He's just signaling first down and waving the oh, yeah. the chain gang down the field. So I'm thinking, I'm like, where's that asshole? I had his hand up, yeah. showing there was a fourth down. You know, it, it's not, dude. And then the other one that it is preseason, you have the tendency for teams to do things they wouldn't normally do, like the Giants going for two when you're down by one in the fourth quarter, things like that. Switch over now. I think it was the Patriot Eagle game earlier on in the weekend, or I, I think that was you know Thursday night game or whatever. Uh, same thing. Play is made. 
guy comes up, a bunch of guys come up with the uh, the, the fourth down signal. Guess what? The fucking team went for it on fourth and one. Yes, that one. In that instance, it was a fourth down. But then 13 seconds later, first down. They, they ran the ball straight ahead and they got the first down. So where's that guy now? I think the I think the play even led to points. It was a bunch of Eagles that came up. <laughs> the Eagles got shattered like 35 nothing, right? And these guys are you know coming up with the fourth down play as if it's you know it's if it's a AFC, as if it's the championship game in late January. <laughs> you know that, that's funny though. Talking about situational plays in the preseason, a lot of teams are going for it on like fourth and three, fourth and two. They just want to get the work in. You know, they hey, yeah. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try this, see what my team does. I don't. I, hey, the punter doesn't need any work. We already know what we got with the punter. Yeah, right. Punter's the punter. <laughs> Why would we punt? I, I know what he's doing. I want to see Dix- how my guys react to what I throw out there in fourth and seventeen. Man, that's what I want to see. <laughs> So I I had a pet peeve and, and of course, you know, you can figure out where my, where I'm going to go because I go here all the time. But Chris said earlier he was happy to watch the game because it was on the NFL Network. Unfortunately, the NFL Network gave us the Browns feed and the Browns announcers were horrendous. So Joe Thomas spent a couple of minutes talking about his armpit sweat. In it? That's like an hour, wasn't it? <laughs> Featured part of the broadcast. Did you see those pit stains, though? <laughs> I mean, how is somebody not in the boot? Somebody that's connected to this live broadcast with the have don't these guys have fucking microphones in their ears or something? Can't they during a commercial break say, "Hey, dude, like you know, just put put the uh, put the sports coat on or do something"? That was the most insane thing. I, I, what I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that. <laughs> It looked like Ted Stryker in the movie Airplane when he was trying to land. Remember the sweat coming down? You're too low, Stryker. Right? Where Stryker was sweating all over the fucking cockpit because he was trying to, like, that's what that looked like. Ted Stryker trying to land a, 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 a transwestern Boeing 737. Transwestern. I love when they make up like a name of an airline. Trans Air, whatever the hell it was. It was trans something. <laughs> I might be stealing Scott's pet peeve out of this a little bit, but I don't know if you heard about that. So, but someone was like, Joe Thomas, you know, in, in his preseason form, I'm like, the dude is standing up and sweating. Like, he couldn't play in the NFL right now. You realize that, right? There's, there's no form. You know, here he is standing there and his shirt is changing color from the armpits out. Joe Thomas, another offensive lineman who miraculously would now weighs 220. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, well, if maybe because he's sweating like that. But. Yeah. God. So instead of like, if I'm running the, the broadcast there and, and we have the, you know, all the sponsors and the advertising and the marketing, I just stop every like car, beer, and car insurance commercial and just say, we got to show nothing but fucking Gillette, Old Spice, <laughs> whatever else we could throw out there in this commercial break. Because anyone that's paying attention to this, we got to immediately go with a Gillette commercial. So there's our Procter and Gamble plug right there. You know, if we, if that was just devastating. Well, you know, and, and it wasn't just that. That was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they were doing interviews on the sideline instead of showing plays. Um, they said this was my bet. You know, this is my favorite when Booker gets into the end zone. Well, Booker scored three TDs for the Giants last season. He did. I, I, where where wow. did that happen? When, 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 when was Booker even on the Giants last season? That's that's one of the things I want to know. I, oh. And then it got me thinking. 
is this guy looking at Booker's stats from last year or is he looking at like Gallman and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, is, yeah. he, is he confusing him with a giant from last year or is he confusing him with Booker being on, on the, the Raiders? <laughs> they're, they're in preseason form as well. But it, it amazes me when, when they get it. I, it doesn't amaze me when they get a stat wrong any or a name or anything. And that can happen anyway. We do it all the time. But if you've ever seen what goes on in that broadcast booth, like those guys talking to us don't know anything. They have ear pieces in and they have people with encyclopedias and almanacs and you know just Mm -hmm. pouring over that stuff the whole game it's probably digital now i don't imagine they're sitting there with an almanac like what page was that on but but right next to the abacus it's the non it's the non-correction that gets me when it just goes out there and, and it's just stated and it's just now misinformation fake sports news out in the Fake sports news, in-game fake sports news, like like from last season, like the uh, uh, unconventional or what? What was it? The Evan Ingram drop? That's that's not his. What the guy say? <laughs> Uncharacteristic. Uncharacteristic. <laughs> For what? This drive? Like <laughs> what? Because he caught one. 30 yards ago? He deflected downwards instead of up in the air. Uh, Ingram, he caught one before. Like wow. there was, a, was there a guy in Phil Mazir after he said that going, he actually leads the NFL in drops right now? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> and there, no, but no retraction after the no, guy tells no. him that. It's just sort of like, no. yeah. yeah. So, by the way, here's one for the archives. My alma mater, Ramapo College of New Jersey, the Ramapo Roadrunners. I think when I was a senior, I did a little bit of work for, I studied communication arts and I, I was taking a class called TV sports production and we, we, uh, we filmed the games and then we would do like editing and then we would, uh, ha- we would host a sports talk show in the studio on Wednesdays. So in addition to that, I also helped the radio broadcast on d- during game days where I was in the booth and I was the, to your point, Mike, I was the statistician and oh, that guy. I was, so I was called away. <laughs> Now, what, but think about this though. Again, this is going back to like 1990. No, like I didn't have like where's the uh, computer and the you know iPad and all those things. I had a little piece of paper and I was scratching down the statistics on paper and handing it to the announcers in the middle of the game. And the dude was like, "So if it's you two guys, you know, Scott would be like, and you know, uh, you know, uh, Johnson Rod is uh, you know five for six on that drive for 60 yards from our crack statistician Chris Cardone." You know, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little plug on the on the, the Ramapo broadcast. Crack nice. statistician. Handing it to him like in the middle of a drive. Like it is. <laughs> so I'm already triggered about week one. And you might be able to guess why too. We have former Bronco Mark Schlereth doing the game. Oh boy. And if you remember Mark Schlereth from Dang. last season, Stink Sher- Stink Schlereth. Um, I don't know if you remember when he got into it with the giant beat writers after the game last year because he started calling out the the fans of of, of the giants because yeah. he was making errors because he sounded like an uninformed ass last year he doesn't turn it around and say you know what i need to get better at my craft instead he goes what the fuck's going on with these giant fans these giant fans are assholes no schlereth you fucking suck at your job and now i gotta put up with you week one you know i mean he's doing it he's doing a tv played for how how unbiased he's gonna be for that game that's, <sighs> that's brutal. Where's Madden Summerall? Damn it. 
Furthermore, Scott, well, you, I love, again, Mike, right? I love how Scott, he gets the two biggest thing he gets upset about. Who's broadcasting the game? And then, of course, who's the head official for the game? <laughs> I don't know who the head official is. Don't text, like, somehow Sunday at 9 a.m. over bacon and eggs, like, do you see who's refing the game? I'm like, well, no, I don't, I don't really know. I don't have that information, Scott. I'm not sure how you know that, but... <laughs> My crack statistician shows me. <laughs> <laughs> you, who's, so who's officiating week one against Denver? Do you have I, I that? I, I do not know that. Yet. I don't uh, even know if the I don't think the officiating assignments have been handed out yet. Ah, uh, okay. I could if they know. are, he will know. Scott <laughs> will be the first one to know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, things like that, like the the Schlero thing, especially the guy should not be doing any giant games this year. He's a, he's a putz. He, he's getting into like what professional broadcaster gets into it with another team's fans. And are you ever going to win that argument? No, no, there is no argument. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one against like, you know, 10 million on Twitter. Someone's going to get a good thing in on you. <laughs> who, who out of these guys do we, do any of us like, are, are any of these guys tolerable for the most? Re- really? I mean, Buck and Aikman. I mean, ah, they're, they're just, they're good, but you know, they're always doing the game of the week. It's there's nobody that I really, truly. Oh, man, this is going to be I, it's enjoy listening to the, the next three hours of, the, of these guys. You know, let me yeah, let's listen to Moose Johnston do a game. You know, is, yeah, I don't, it's, it's a lost craft, man. It wow. really is a, a lost craft. It's it's everybody, you know, most what they try to do now is they try to get one big guy in there and then they have the numbers guy. So they, they're trying Horrible. to emulate a Madden. They always want a big guy in there, you know, doing a Madden impression. And uh, and then they get another guy in there, the nerdy guy who, you know, knows nothing about just all he knows is what's on the paper in front of him. That's the new. It's bad. The, the hot, the new hotness, I guess. Hey, I guess hey, it's not that new. Well, now that you ask that question, I, I really, you know, my favorite announcers are actually college guys. There are some good college teams that are out there doing broadcasting, but those guys know better than enough to go to the NFL. Because once you go to the NFL, I mean, the microscope's on you even more. I mean, think think of the, the the formula. And I don't know of a single time this isn't in place right now. You have the season broadcast guy, and you have the player, mm-hmm. ex-player, maybe an ex-coach. But mm-hmm. when do you ever go away from that formula? You don't. They don't. The networks don't. You just, you just, you just nailed it. That's exactly what every broadcast team is. And then you have some sideline reporter giving you just next to the most meaningless information you could possibly have from the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not getting anything down there. That's important. You know, let's, you let's have, let's, let's put Booger McFarland back in the, uh, uh, the golf cart on the sideline with that, you know, the plexiglass, that vehicle running up and down. Was, was he actually the one driving that thing too? Did that, <laughs> was there, was it under remote control with there, was there, was there a driver hidden underneath the, 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 the platform there? Like who was actually manning this thing? So Booger? I honestly <laughs> don't know. That's a great question. You know, and I love too. I always thought about this too. Like if you're in those first few rows in the lower deck, I can just imagine, like, hey, Booger, can you get the fuck out of the way? I can't <laughs> yeah, see what's going on. It's, it's probably, third and two. Get out probably, of the way, you asshole, right? I mean, it's dead on. I also think if it wasn't Booger McFarland, they wouldn't need, like, that industrial tractor to, <laughs> to do it. They could have gotten away with, you know, like a little little scissor lift or something. But it's Booger, yeah. so they, they had to put it on, like, a, you know, a, a 12-ton cat 
People like John Deere, Caterpillar, all these major earth-moving manufacturing industrial-type vehicles. Yeah, like that that can move the earth, and there's Booger driving up and down the sideline (laughs) on a Monday night game. For what purpose? Why why can't you just be – how about just walking up and down the sidelines? What does he need to be in this John Deere lift? Even the Booger – even Booger being on the sidelines is recycled. We saw it for years with Tony Siragusa. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Siragusa. Oh, my God, Scott. You just gave me like a – just a – Pang of pain that just went through my abdomen when you mentioned his name. I mean, I'm not sure why they need the sideline person. You guys are dead on about that. I hadn't really thought about it before, but man, it's, you know, especially now they got like drone cameras and stuff there. Like, you know, all right, uh, Melissa, what's going on down there? They show you a picture of a guy getting its ankle tape, ankle tape. They're looking at his ankle, Bill. (laughs) Thanks, Melissa. Great work down there. Our listeners are getting a bonus pet peeve here that not even that we didn't even count on right now. This is a whole like segment. This is a major pet peeve that all three of us have that we weren't even aware of. The sideline reporter nonsense. And as we're talking, I, I'm thinking about the only guy I really enjoyed listening to in the last few years in the NFL was Greg Olson, and he was filling in in a in a bye week last year. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was yeah. good. Is good. Now maybe he'll he'll keep doing it. I, he's retired now, right? Yeah, he's I think he's officially yeah. retired. Yeah. So maybe he, maybe he will do it again. You know what? And, and guy, one guy I think would be great would be Peyton Manning. He's, well, he's, you heard about Peyton and Eli, right? Yeah, yeah. Peyton and Eli have a Monday night alternate Monday night football broadcast. Yeah, I'm going to tune into that. I'll check it out. It's better than Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I got to get off the... I got to get off this talk right now because that Nickelodeon shit's just going to yeah, it's going re- to reverberate. <laughs> they can't possibly be be bringing that back, are they? Somebody had to kibosh that. Super Bowl. No, I, I think actually, the Super Bowl is going to be like a recurring thing. I actually think that outside of us and other sane people, that it was a pretty big hit. <laughs> oh, that's the world we're in, Chris. You know, man, that's it. Oh. Slime cannon up your ass, Cardone. <laughs> can't take it. The only because, way I can tolerate this stuff is if the Giants have a winning season. So we had our fantasy draft last weekend, and uh, Jalen Hurts got picked before Daniel Jones. And it, it, I had an epic Cardone rant for you. Uh, just all I can think of is, is Cardone be so proud right now. <laughs> I'm like, there, there, I don't care about scoring systems. I don't care about fantasy versus real life. I don't care. You know, there is un, in no way, shape or form with anything related to football is Dan, is Jalen Hurts better than Daniel Jones. I don't give a shit what anyone, <laughs> everyone just stopped drafting and looked at me. Yeah, I don't care what the scoring format is. I don't care yeah. what any of it. There's no way. Oh my God! And you, and you know who didn't get drafted in our league was Ben Roethlisberger. It, I, yeah, I noticed that <laughs> at all. No. So Jalen wow. Hurts got drafted. He, he's the the quarterback in Pennsylvania that got drafted. That's incredible. I would not have, have put a dollar on that if somebody put that bet in front of me. The guy who picked him said Hurts runs. Where? What? Like what? The, what's Daniel Jones do? <laughs> Cry it out loud. Exactly. 
And then, of course, uh, Daniel Jones got made fun of for tripping over himself. So, you know, oh, that, that, yes. that's the kind of crowd we were around. Yeah. Bad, bad show. You guys got anything else for tonight? I, I had one other thing. I don't know if you guys saw this uh, coming out of Jacksonville where they're, they're talking about a quarterback controversy down there. And what am I? What what am I? I don't know if it's really a pet peeve. It's just a long-standing uh, NFL belief of mine, and that is, if you look at a quarterback stat line, and they don't have enough interceptions, they're not playing hard enough. They're not trying hard enough. So Gardner Minshew and uh, and Trevor Lawrence have very similar stat lines, but Trevor Lawrence has six interceptions in the preseason. So he's a rookie. Right. Or no, these are pra- these are practice stats. I'm sorry. These were these are people tracking practice stats. That makes me even worse. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't lead with that. <laughs> God. Anyway. So, yeah, they're they're tracking their practice stats. So there there's someone, you know, someone like me when I was that age, I guess, sitting there on the sideline, writing down attempts, completions. And of course, they're both at like 89 percent completion percentage because it's fucking practice, first of all. Trevor Lawrence apparently has six interceptions in, in practice and um, and Minshew has one and people are saying, well, Minshew should start clearly. I mean, first oh. of all, first of all, Jacksonville isn't doing anything this year anyway. You got to throw Trevor Lawrence out there. If you know, he's he's Peyton Manning, possibly you got to, you know, second of all, the reason you didn't win with Gardner Minshew in there before is because. He, he doesn't take any chances. He's too careful with the ball. Throw it out there. See what happens. And and Travis Etienne's out for the year already. I just saw that too, yeah. Did see that also. The dreaded Liz Frank injury. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> the, old, the only injury that could sideline a, a mortal human for a, an entire season, Eli plays through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like that. It's not going to slow me down. Any. Strayhead was out for like two months with a Liz Frank. Eli just went out there and played. Do you put the boot on the Liz Frank? What do you do for the Liz Frank? Does it, do you put gauze? Is there, is it, do you boot it up? Do you cast it? What do you do with the Liz Frank? I don't know. That's why it's the dreaded Liz Frank. No one knows how to handle it. Right. Do you put the ace bandage on it? Ace, the number one, the number one rat. Absolutely. bandage I'll use. (laughs) Sold at all your finest CVS stores. Does the Ace Bandage have a competitor? Have you ever heard of a bandage other than the Ace Bandage? Is Ace not the fucking brand name? Is that like, who else makes bandages other than Ace? Think about that. Have you ever heard of anything but an Ace Bandage? Well, you know what I used to hear of, and, and and they lost out on a marketing opportunity, was Coach's Tape. Everyone always talked about, hey, Coach's Tape. Coach's yeah. Tape was actually the 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 brand that J&J used. They called their, their brand of tape Coach's Tape. So people used Coach's Tape, but... No one ever knew it was Johnson and Johnson. You just thought it was ah, it's at coaches. Got, tape. Like the the that's what they do with Q tips and band aids. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, we 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 never had band aids, but we called them band aids, right? My dad would get like the store brand ones that just have no stick them on them at all. <laughs> no, right. You know, it's just you got to use scotch tape to get it to so you can get the damn <laughs> pad on your cut. Scotch so. tape with a band-aid. Yeah, you put the yeah. band-aid on and then you put like an X of scotch tape over the band-aid. So yeah. But it probably had like Snoopy on it or something. Here, here's no, a no, it, it, <laughs> oh. it, it said like Kmart on it. 
I remember the band-aids as, as we were kids. Like they always advertised themselves as waterproof, and like those fucking things never stayed on. Like in the pool, you know what I mean? Like no. you come out, right? No. Well, they were waterproof because once you got in the water, they fell off, so you never had to worry about them. They weren't. They were... <laughs> yeah, they're like you're in the water now. You don't need a band-aid, but it... come on. You know, here's a blast from the past. Do you remember? Did you guys? I, I played Little League, of course. I'm assuming you guys played Little League or something close to it, at oh, least. Yeah, where yeah, like, yeah. you know, you get so. The, I remember always in Little League, you you took one off the shin, whether it be a ground ball or a foul ball, you fouled one off your shin. Remember the cold spray? Remember that? Pro- I never the- got the cold spray, the magic spray. I never got it. I saw it in right. use. I never got the cold spray. Well, that's that's been gone forever, but I'm still looking. I'm like, bring back the cold spray. I was, I've been watching the you know, Little League World Series, which I love watching this time of year. I saw one game, the kid, the same kid fouled one off his leg twice in the same game. He's rolling around. And like the, the, it's not the trainer, right? It's just the dad slash coach, whoever. Somebody comes out. I'm like, I'm yelling from my living room, like, "Where's the cold spray?" If this was 1980. <laughs> the kid, he'd be up. I mean, this is Bucky Dent kind of stuff with the cold spray. Dent got the cold spray after fouling one off cold spray, and then he knocked one over the Green Monster in the the Bucky F and Dent game. Who can't for, you know? Who's gonna forget that? If you remember that play, he he cold he got a cold spray that at bat, if I'm not mistaken. Magical. You know, the other they, thing I've never had was on now. the cold roll. <laughs> they do that. I can't. Yeah. Have you guys ever done? I've never done smelling salts. You know, the guy, the guy breaks the smelling salt under you, wakes, wakes you up after you've had a concussion. Uh, I've done them. I've never needed them. I, you know, I was just messing with them. You know, <laughs> you don't, you only do it once if you don't need it, by the way. It's, it's awful. I mean, whenever I, I see a guy, never. whenever I see a guy take smelling salts on the sideline, he's just waving it under his nose. And sometimes you'll see him like make big eyes. That shit snapped my head back so fast. But I get scared for people when I see him waving the smelling salts under their nose. They're not reacting. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is a pleasant odor. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know what else I never used? I never used eye black under my eyes. For- How did I? Never, I don't know if does it work. I have no. I never used it. Uh, Hell, they've made it cheap too these days. Uh, you don't even need the eye black itself. You just put a little patch underneath. It's just a little black. patch, right? Yeah. It used to be that gunk. It used to be like tar, right? It, <laughs> it was like the same stuff that Kramer used to black out the dotted lines at mile one fourteen. You know when he's <laughs> right. It was it was that stuff that you put you put under your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never used that either. We, we Scott and I played in and around Bingham to New York. There was no sun. We didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny. We were talking about that the other day because uh, at, at the draft, my, my buddy Jack was in town and um, we played on the same team for Little League. Well, actually, at that point, it was Babe Ruth League. Kennedy Valve was the name of the team. And of course, Kennedy Valve was like a pipe fitter in, in, in Elmira. So, you know, you didn't have, you, you always had sponsors. Like one year I played for Shimon Canal Bank. And, and, you know, the team that was always loaded was the PBA, which was, of course, associated with the, like the, uh, the it was a police benevolent association yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so they, they always were stacked. You know, you went up against them. You felt like you were going up against like the, the team, the bad news bears would play, you know, except, except. <laughs> We didn't have a miraculous comeback and win. We were just a yeah. sad sack of guys that ended up getting our asses kicked 22 to nothing. And the game kept, was called in the third inning. Kept mercy ruled. <laughs> but, 
like but, three of the teams in the league I was in were named for bars. Bars were the sponsors. And I was on I was on Red's Good Luck. So Red's bar. Good Luck. But our big rival was the Conklin Inn. <laughs> Back in that day, you could probably go in after a game and get a free yeah, picture. Yeah. I wondered, like, so if we win, like if we be- beat Conklin in tonight, like what's going on at Red's Good Luck tonight? Are they up there going, yeah? You know, I kind of <laughs> thought that was happening, I think. like, <laughs> I, I played softball for a team called Gush's Thirsty Bear. So you go to the Thirsty Bear after the game and you get two free pitchers. Of course, you know, there's 13 guys on the team that show up. So those yeah. two pitchers give you like, you know, a, a half pour. And then, and then of course you're paying out, you're paying the rest of the time. <laughs> Come down to Gush's, get your two free pitchers. <laughs> Isn't that a great name for a bar though? Gush's Thirsty Bear. That's awesome. I love it. Is that here in, uh, here in this area or is that back? Oh, in no, the, uh, that was back in Elmira. Yeah. yeah it sounds, Bar's, sounds like a rusty, it sounds like a rustic Northeast kind of place. <laughs> Bars like that don't yeah. exist in the South. They're, they're called like private clubs. Thirsty Beaver. <laughs> Thirsty Beaver still up and going down there in Charlotte somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else to this week? We, we, we went off the rails there in the second half of this pod. You know, we got, got our pet peeves in. But this is preseason, right? Preseason. Season. Yeah, we're, we're warming up. What the fuck are we supposed now. to talk about? Good. Yeah. I mean, hell, we're lucky we showed up. We could have done a whole. We could have done the whole episode just talking about Mike not showing up last week and him rebutting all of the things we said. We could yeah, have kept think, that the show. I think we could have. We could have like rolled the tape on last week, and I would have been like, "Stop the tape!" All right, that's it. First of all, you don't compare me to Jared Lorenzen, but I'm not here. All right. Hey, we 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 backed off saying you were the one that was dead. Yeah, I love that. God <laughs> rest his soul, and Cardo. Cardo's like, oh wait a minute! I thought he just wasn't here this week. <laughs> Comedy gold. Like he's alive, right? He's alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was so happy to find out that you were still alive. <laughs> but if it, if it ever happens that I'm not, I want you guys to open the show the exact same way. Just rip okay. me for like twenty minutes. Then go. By the way, Mike's not here because he passed away. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then two minutes later, like Scott, can you fucking believe we lost that game? Like, like we, would, <laughs> we would mourn you, Mike, for about two minutes, and then we go right into being angry at the Giants. Hundred percent, what I want to happen. I mean, wait, that's two solid minutes, though. You got it. Come on, that's not bad. <laughs> All right. Well, we are the three angry giant fans. Uh, hit us up on on Twitter. We're at angry underscore three with the three spelled out. Um, you know, we want to have some questions this year, so uh, get your questions in. We want to have something else to talk to talk about once the uh, the pod starts going off the rails. So guide us in that direction, and we'll we'll answer anything. We'll 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 answer our our favorite uh, corporate plugs that we want to have, so that we can start making money for the pod. If you want, you know, so uh, we we fit in ace bandages here. We we could try something else. Maybe we need to shoot oh. a little lower than that. That's a right big on. Company. <laughs> <laughs> They're like everyone knows an ace bandage. You don't need these. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't advertised guys. these things in seventy-five years. Why would we pay for your stupid podcast? <laughs> you use them because your dad did. That's what. That's what happened. So, so next week will be our our recap of the Patriots game, and we'll do a we'll do a look forward to the season next week. I think we'll go through and do our predictions in terms of win loss record. Um, we do have a week between. 
the end of that game and then also the start of the regular season. So we'll see how we handle that. But uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, until then, take care. This is the Three Angry Giant fans. Adios. Have a good week.